Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacy Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. All right, Flyover family. Get, oh, I'm so excited. Get your pencils sharpened, get your notepads out, get your brain turned on, ready to go. This is going to be an episode that I think uh, could break the internet. It's something yes. that uh, we really need out there. Um, we need to separate out there what's going on between the things that people think and the things that people know. And it's kind of hard to know if you don't know somebody who has actually been in the inside circle, who knows what's going on. Um uh, been excited about this video mm-hmm. for a while about doing this recording because there's a video that went around kind of virally uh, a few weeks ago that I think you're going to remember. We're going to play a clip of it. Today's guest is a PhD in psychology, um, she, uh, behavioral psychologist, Stanford degree in political psychology. She taught leadership classes to some of the top CEOs in the world uh, through summer courses at Harvard University. Uh, she's fluent English. French and Spanish. She was a member of Trump's transition team. Uh, she's part of a special task force with the Department of Defense. Um, there's over nine million Americans that that live abroad and that work and that are that are that are uh, working outside of the United States. So the influence is, is quite broad. There's an organization called Republicans Overseas, which she is the global vice president mm-hmm. of. Uh, super excited uh, today to have uh, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes. Thank you for having me. Well, we are so excited. We have, we've been waiting for this interview. We couldn't wait to have you on today and to learn so much. We have, we're ready. We have our pens. Oh. We've got our papers. We're ready to learn from you today. Okay. I'm in your hands. <laughs> well, a, lot of, a lot of stuff to jump into. And we're going to get into the things that have kind of gone around virally and are the most, you know, the, the front and center of, of people's minds. But I'm whenever I hear somebody talk, I'm kind of, you know, okay, you know this, but sort of what's your background or what's your platform, you know, for 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 saying these things. I want to give people a context for your understanding of uh business and and uh human psychology, behavior, why people do the things they do. And then obviously as that transition, how you became such an important part um of of the political space over these last several years, mm-hmm. specifically as it pertains to, to to President Trump. Oh, so, so what, wow. what did it what did it take to, to create a Dr. Jan Halper Hayes? Like what uh, how'd you well, come off the assembly line? Uh one of the things that I constantly say to God is that I know that you put me through these things because if I didn't go through them and understand them, then how could I help my clients? And when I had a private practice, my patients, Mm -hmm. because then if I'm not continually working on myself and I'm stuck in a place, then whomever is wanting me to be their support or their feedback, then I'm going to keep them stuck. So I have always, um, whether I've stayed in therapy Um, for a long time during my probably first 20 years of practice. Um, And then I've often gone back uh, to have a chance to explore and look at my own reactions um, and where I might be stuck or what my own issues are. Um, And to bring that right forward to the miracle that happened with GB News is Mm -hmm. how I really consider it, is that 
I had one serious, serious flaw that I had been praying for a long time. I mean, when I say a long time, I mean a long time for God to help me through it. And he did. It, it, wow. it was like one day I knew that I'd made it, you know, and it was just like, wow. And then I prayed for 10 days, God, tell me, you know that the only thing that has really motivated me is, can I make a difference? I don't want to go back to the corporate environment. I don't want to go back to, you know, leading a bunch of people, but I won't be motivated unless I know that I can make a difference. So please just guide me. And it wasn't my first time on GB News, and it definitely wasn't my first time with Stephen, who I can always predict is going to be negative. <laughs> Especially at the end of the interview. <laughs> yeah, I was so grateful that it happened then. Yeah. You know, because he starts them off that way, and I have to say to him often, why are we going to start negatively? We have to think about who's watching and listening to us. Yeah. They didn't wake up this morning to have that. Yep. Um, and, and so I've been... I've been very touched by the response to it. And yet when people say, oh, that was such courage. Oh, honestly, God gave me nine and a half wow. minutes. It, it was God. And normally um, I go in there like real, you know, they ask me the question. I give them the answer, et cetera. And I never watch my interviews, but I watched that one and I realized that the opening, I threw their question back at them. Mm -hmm. And that, that was just me. That was, and, and it was like, oh, I mean, in, in retrospect, yeah. it was God just letting me be me and making it work. And uh, I've been eternally grateful because I really did want to do two things. I wanted to continue being a commentator in the media in whatever way I could. And I love writing and I'm Newsweek turned me down. You know, I've had a couple of things on Breitbart and in the Telegraph, but I've got Substack now. Mm -hmm. yes. And so I'm able to share all of that and the subscribers keep growing and God gave me a gift. Let's tell I people real it. quick on how they can find you. We're going to dive into this, this actually an analysis that you did on, on President Trump, I think back in 2015 is when this conversation began, but you got a Substack article on it called Why Donald Trump Has the Perfect Presidential Temperament. You break down personality versus mm -hmm. temperament and really use, you know, to kind of almost Jordan Peterson, any kind of way, you know, really get into the mind and why it applies, you know, in, in this world. Um, all of the links to all of your social media is going to be down in the links below. So people, uh, you're, you're an incredible follow on Twitter. And so we'll have, have that link, uh, below truth social. Um, but this Substack um, really is something that people need to need to go and check out. Um, they don't need to just hear from you right now as we're moving into the future. They're going to need to be hearing from you in, in November of 23 and, mm -hmm. and February of, of 24 and, and so forth. Oh, because. Hope. Because yes. because your mind is 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 always working, and you have a way of 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 taking all of these pieces 
and and then very succinctly making sense and and putting putting on the table. Before we jump into that clip, though, I want to comment on one thing. And I I, I wrote this quote down. I wish I, I would have brought it into the studio with me. But you said um, I think you're speaking with Nigel Farage, and it shows you the kind of circles that you run in and the people that that respect and value your opinion and take. We reference often on the show this idea of the American spirit. And I think that's one thing that was underestimated. Stacey mm-hmm. references this a lot. The people underestimated the American spirit. Now, yeah, that, that we could actually get knocked down and not just come up, but actually come up swinging even harder. Because, you know, I, I look at like what they've done to the DOJ, with the DOJ to uh, parents or people that were there on January the 6th, you know, uh, parents that are showing up at school board meetings. And they think if they show up at their house, they're going to scare them enough that they won't want to do anything yes. anymore. And they underestimated the human spirit, or the, I'd say the American spirit, that they'd knock us down, but people are getting back up and being like, no, I'm not staying on the ground. In fact, I'm going to come at this even harder. I'm going to show up at more things. I'm going to, you know, and I think that's really important that we we address that as Americans. And you you have that. Now you're, you're commenting, you know, here from, from the UK, but I want to read this quote from you. Um, because I'd say when you look at the news, when you look at the things, you look at the stories, you, you almost get a bigger platform for being a victim nowadays. You get a bigger platform for being a, a whiner or for, you know, just different things. Our country didn't get where it is in accomplishing the things we have on those kind of, of spirit. We probably have been, you know, you know, would never accomplish anything we did as a nation that, that, that all the things that are good. But you said that this, this, this philosophy that you have, and it came from your parents, I think, but it said, you said, you always got to earn your keep. Work hard, be innovative, create something. I mean, those are all powerful principles, I think, are the American spirit. You said every day you have to ask yourself, am I making a difference for other people? Wow. I mean, that should be stitched on a pillow and put in every living room in a, in a, in, a, in this country and probably the world. Can you just comment on that quote? Because I think if people grab that and they grab your social media handles, this interview would already be a tremendous success. Um, wow. You know, when you live with something like that and, and it's just been part of your nature, um, you're giving me pause to, to have to think about it because Mm -hmm. I wasn't raised. We always had to leave a bite of something in the refrigerator for someone else. Wow. It went all the way down to the, I mean, then it'd be like, you know, that much left, <laughs> but you left a bite you left for it. someone else. Wow. You, know, you always have to think um, about the other person. It doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself and you don't think about yourself, but who are you in relation to what you do and what you stand for? And you can say a lot of things, but it's what you do that really says who you mm. are. That is very true. Yeah, that, that, the idea of leaving every person and every place a little better than you found them. Yep. Um, we could snap our fingers and we could say, okay, well, President Trump's in there tomorrow and everything's going to be fine. But, but everything's going to be fine because we all do our part. Yeah, And, you know, we have one of our sayings here, everybody was kind of hoping that Donald Trump would do 80 million things to save America. And the answer is we need at least 80 million of us doing one thing each day to save our own country. And you really are doing that in a major way. So let's jump into that clip, um, if you don't well, mind. First of all, before you set it up, I, I want to, it really jumped out at us initially because uh, President Trump retruthed it. 
And uh, which was really cool. I mean, that had to feel really good to see that, which drew a lot of attention to what had happened there. And then not just President Trump, but then General Michael Flynn, I mean, the, you know, yeah. that from, from President it, Trump as well. I mean, for Flynn to say such a clear presentation of what we're facing and what will likely happen. Hashtag MAGA. Our freedom must be guarded. Um, uh, you know, uh, President Trump said, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is fantastic. Everyone has got to watch her interview on election fraud with the poor sap who got taken <laughs> apart by her. <laughs> Thank you, Don Jr., for putting this masterpiece out for the public to see. I mean, it's true. You did such a great job. What did you think when you saw that? Um, I, I was I was surprised. I was surprised, and and, and I felt good, to be honest. I felt better by General Flynn's because it was really concrete. Yes. And that, I mean, the fact that Donald Trump, it, it, it was wonderful because then people would not be trying to discredit me as much. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and exactly. then with General Flynn giving the matter of fact, it was, it was, this is wonderful because now... Hopefully people are going to think about this. And then and then I discovered that it did it did connect with people. Well, no it, doubt it, about it, it. Connected. This has been retruth, reshared, retweeted, texted, repeated, shared at conversations in water cooler stations around around the world. Um I, I want to take the time to play it if people have, have have not seen this clip. And then we're I want to do basically if if you follow sports, you know, kind of like, hey, we're gonna play the, the, the game film, but then we get to sit down with you know the starting quarterback here and break down like what were you thinking in all of these plays we got clips from everything from uh the sword ceremony with the saudis and we got to talk about 1871 we're talking about vatican gold we we're talking queen about queen elizabeth and, and the, the hand gestures we're going to do a like a play-by-play -play breakdown of some of these things that when they happened in the moment they were fresh some people kind of you know that there's a current distractions going on but i think each of these are significant and to get the opportunity to to break down this game film with you i think is, is the best use of our time no doubt about it so let's watch that clip real fast and then we'll come back dr jan well, let's talk to Jan Halper Hayes, who's a U.S. political analyst, and he's here in the studio. Good to see you, as always. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, there's so many people putting this down as a political conspiracy theory, but actually, there are real questions to be answered here. There are. Yeah, of course there are. Of course there are. What he's being accused of, but what part do you think is to answer that the 2020 election is going to be re-litigated? Because of this, they've made a huge, huge mistake with this one, because even though we thought what was going to happen was they were going to go after him for treason or sedition, but they did criminally charge him, but they didn't go to that extreme. As a result, he has due process so he can subpoena people and bring things in. Now, let me say something about this 2020 election is that. Biden is the legitimate president, but he's the legitimate president of what is now the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And that was a treaty in 1871. Well, on September 12, 2018, Trump created an executive order. Within that, he outlined in future elections any kind of foreign or domestic interference, specifically for the 2020 election. So we say, 
How did he know some of these things were going to happen? Election integrity on both sides of the aisle is tough. It's really tough. But what this has done is it's opened the door for Trump to present his case. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, because the, I mean, what we see on this side of the pond is a very difficult situation where the legal system is politicised in the United States, which is abhorrent to us over right. here. So the fact that Trump can subpoena, some people saying it's a mistake by Jack Smith, but actually he can subpoena, we, you know, people can actually see evidence from both right. sides. That's a sensible yes, move. Exactly. And, and it's a great mistake by Jack Smith that he's done that. Absolutely great. See, the thing is, think about um, uh, Edward Snowden and all the information he had. Think about the fact that our military, our Department of Defense Space Force, <clears throat> if you think that they don't have the actual real results from the election, then you're fooling yourself. Yeah, but what we what we do know with this is there are we're told <clears throat> uh, uh, that there are plenty of notes from people, including Vice President um, Pence, that there are some recordings of of Donald Trump acknowledging that actually what he said in public was nonsense. That some of these states, whether he claimed he was in, out saying it's, I mean, look, Detroit, it's corrupt, it's all corrupt, the results are corrupt. And that when in reality he knew it wasn't, that's illegal. But you know what? That's what someone's claiming, but that's not the fact, and that's not what Donald Trump really has ever said. He's been very, very clear. I mean, the issues were, for example, in Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court of the state of Pennsylvania stepped in and changed some of the election laws. Under our Constitution, it's only the state legislators that can do that. 2,000 Mules, the film that came out, what they did, they spent over $4 million tracking the phones. And the reason it's only 2,000 Mules is that based on the visits to the drop boxes in Georgia, they had to have gone over 10 times. And they've got all the film for that. So the thing is that um, the election integrity is so different and so problematic in every single state, every single state. But that doesn't mean that the machines didn't do something, that there were some other kind of finagling. But the long and well, short... Go ahead. Well, it, it doesn't... But that's, that's where conspiracy comes in, is it? To say, well, it doesn't mean that something didn't happen... Well, there's no evidence that it happened. I mean, no. there's how many, how many court cases did the Trump campaign try to bring? There's nothing's gone in his favor. Okay, wait a minute. Everyone, the media goes, oh, there were 60, 60 court cases that were rejected. No, there were three. He won two. He lost one. 57 were never heard because they had no standing. And standing means that the person bringing the case has to claim some kind of impact or injury. So it's really, you know, the media did that and they're great at doing that, but it, it was a fallacy in there. And the thing is that, um, you know, you know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense and the thing is they've got the goods. They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war that he really felt that the people needed to see how bad it could get.
And that's the sense that we're getting from Trump's lawyer about what his defense is going to be. So he, this is all going to be based on free speech, the First Amendment in the U.S. Constitution, that he had a right to say what he believed. And mm-hmm. he believed uh, that the election results were not uh, as was put out. But the point is, if you live in a democracy and you believe in a democracy, then that means that even if you don't like the outcome of an election, you respect that. Because it's a democratic vote. Well, a, a democratic vote, and so therefore he should be silent about it. No, he, main- has a, he has a right to speak, but the issue, of course, is if he then acts to subvert that election result. Oh, so that because you think he's being criticized because in Georgia he said, can you find me 12,000 votes? Or, um, you know, the thing is, he didn't try to subvert anything. What he's really done is he set up the deep state to come out. And that's why we're seeing all these things. I mean, it just it was revealed with whistleblowers and um, Hunter Biden's ex-best friend that in 2015, um, the head of Burisma gave Joe and Hunter Biden 10 million bribe. In 2018, Hunter is, I mean, uh, Joe is on TV publicly saying that he threatened that unless they got the prosecutor fired, that um, he wasn't going to let them have their one billion in support. In 2019, Trump calls Zelensky to find out about what went on to get the prosecutor fired and he gets impeached. Mm. I mean, that's. We've lived with it for a long time. Brother, we're almost out of time. I just want to to pick you up on one thing. You said earlier on, you know, um, Donald Trump has been very clear on this. Is he a man that you believe? I mean, look, he's about as believable as a chocolate teapot, isn't he? Look, I know that. Oh, thank God you got the negativity in at the end and not the beginning. (laughs) I can always count on you for that. Always. Um, but it's a legitimate point to say that Donald Trump is a man who always speaks the truth. That can't be the case. I mean, it's hardly the case of any leader, to be fair, but I mean, definitely not Donald Trump. Well, I don't know if I said everything or always, because I do call him the embellisher in chief because he's mm. a marketer. Um, but in terms of telling us things, Optics, you better believe that he's very much a straight shooter in terms of actions that he's going to take or what he thinks needs to be done. You know, they made fun of him because they assumed he broke protocol and walked in front of the queen. No, if you go back and look at it, you will see he looked at her. She gave a wave with her hand. He proceeded. She took a couple of steps, he stopped, and he waited for her to join. That was an optic to tell us that he then was going to bankrupt the U.S. corporation because it was the Vatican, the Crown, and the U.S. that was part since 1871. And we were giving you our tax dollars. We were paying back. You know, forget this Tea Party and without taxation, without representation. We owed you a lot of money because you helped us in the Civil War. And so that is what Trump has now, he told the queen, I'm ending this. We're dissolving this corporation. We're going to go back to being a republic and we'll all be separate. The Pope wasn't happy. You should find the picture of him visiting the Pope. It took 650 planes to remove our gold from the Vatican Bank. I'm not very happy about it, Jan, to be perfectly honest. We could do with your money at the minute. (laughs) Keep it 
flowing, I say. Um, Jan Halberhays, really good to see you. Thank you, you too. very much indeed. You too. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. Do your feet ache and throb in pain with every step you take every day of your life? Kiss those days goodbye with slippers from MyPillow.com. How about that flimsy, flat little excuse for a pillow that's nothing but eight hours of disappointment? Causing you pain in your neck every single night. You can wake up with nothing but butterflies and rainbows around your head with a MyPillow pillow. Those hard wood floors hurting your old bones. No more with a MyPillow dog bed. Are your towels worn thin, flimsy, more patchy than Joe Biden's memory? There's nothing better than absorbent towels from MyPillow.com. For all of these products and more, go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code FLYOVER for up to 66% off. Wow, oh my goodness. so good. All right, Dr. Hayes, I, I've not stopped wearing uh, a Trump 2020 band yet. My mind is to kind of never, never move forward. So that's kind of where we're standing. I, I think uh, Donald Trump's the, the greatest president that we've ever had. Maybe minus George Washington, just because the idea of him having everything in the world and just giving it over, you know, was so unprecedented in human history. But... Uh, that aside, I think is the greatest leader that we've had uh, to, to to lead our nation. Um, I, I could watch that clip over and over and over, but every time I watch it, I just want to ask you about a thousand questions. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you just kind of guide the dissemination of of those bombs you dropped. And, and again, I do, uh, to quote President Trump, I do feel sorry for that poor sap. Um, <laughs> um, well, uh, let me tell you a little secret. They were picking me up at six in the morning and I work East Coast hours. So I don't usually go to sleep till two or three, sometimes later, because oh, wow. I could be dealing with people on the on the West Coast. And I was so afraid that I wasn't going to wake up if I went to sleep and I was going to miss my pickup. I stayed up all night. Oh, wow. And so when I'm looking at myself in that interview, I'm thinking, it doesn't show. I know any <laughs> sleep whatsoever. Just... And once again, I can only say God guided me because you wouldn't have known that I hadn't slept in, you know, 30 hours or whatever. Yeah. Nobody so, would ever know that uh, with the way that you looked as well as just your so mentally, sharp. you were so sharp. And like you said, even at the beginning when you questioned him and you, t- and you, 
put it back on him. He was kind of taken back, like, uh, he kind of stuttered and stammered around. He didn't even know what to do. The judo move right from the jump. Well, because they're used to me being so good in responding. And then the other reason I prayed is that probably for the past year, I, I used to really love doing the interviews, even when they put the Democrats for us to go back and forth and et cetera. But I was so frustrated because the media's Trump derangement syndrome had gotten so bad that I wasn't even being asked intelligent questions. I wasn't even being able to convey anything. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I would just be so angry that I started turning interviews down because what was, uh, what, uh, what, and again, God guided me. And I wasn't doing my usual, okay, I'll be a good question, answer, et cetera. So, um, you know, it, it was very freeing. It was really yeah. freeing because I, I knew certain things and I wanted other people to know them. And in fact, I had been asking Nigel to get back on his show so he and I could break it. And that didn't happen. And it, it was probably much better because it was a morning breakfast show and not everyone uh, follows Nigel's uh, 7 p.m. show. Um, and it was really the few things that I really enjoyed pointing out. You made fun of Trump breaking protocol with the mm -hmm. queen. Not at all. But let's Look let's, let's get into yeah, that. Yeah, let's let's play that because you can break it down for us. We actually have a video sure. that you can kind of talk through as it's playing here. Give us some okay, context. So, all right, so he's telling her, "Did uh, um, can you go back a little to when the very yep. beginning? Yeah. Okay, so she's so obviously her telling her. And yeah. Here's the hand. Yep. Look, and he's telling her. I mean, she's telling him, go, go. There it is, right there. And so he starts walking. Then he stops. She goes behind him. He's waiting for her. And then they start in unison. So good. And, I mean, it's right there. And, you know, we've got these liberals talking about microaggressions and everything else. Well, there's a micro expression mm -hmm. and she was cluing him in because they had worked it out ahead of time. See, he's just standing there waiting for her and then he proceeds. So it wasn't that he broke protocol. He needed to use that situation as an optic. The same as when he went to Mount Rushmore and he said, I've got our country back. Mm. Yeah, That's huge. those are the things that people need to listen to. Now, on uh, during the 2016 campaign season, I used to do uh, a piece on Sunday morning on a on one of the shows at BBC. And I would explain how to connect the dots, how to understand what the messages that Trump was giving us. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget one time when John Pinar said to me, you know, when you're on, it makes so much sense. And then their judgment comes back into play. 
I cannot, I, I was a broken record literally throughout that primary season up to 2020. You need to listen to him and connect the dots. Mm -hmm. You get so busy judging him for whatever reason. And honestly, do you think he really cares? You don't like that he speaks out or he's gruff. What he's trying to do is he's trying to role model so these feckless Republicans yeah. would Amen. put something in their backbone to make yep. it less flimsy. You know, he, he's always sending a message. And if you're busy judging, then you're not hearing the messages that he's sending. And so much Great of what people point. see has been manipulated. I don't know if uh, a producer can pull up the, the image of him feeding the koi fish. I think he's with the uh, president of Japan or the prime minister of Japan at the time. And you know, the, 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 they're, they're, they had a box of fish food and they're supposed to, of you know, feed it. And, and Trump dumps because they kind of give him instructions. And he dumps the food in there. And then they just play that clip like, oh, he's a glutton. He gave the fish too much, all this kind of stuff. And they don't play that. Then the, 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 the guy he's with does the exact same thing. Trump simply did what he was, you know, instructed to do. But the media manipulated that. If you just grab people off the street right now, if they only catch leftist media, they're going to be like, yeah, he embarrassed us in Japan by giving too much fish. Mm -hmm. You know, he likes fast food and McDonald's and he's mm -hmm. a glutton, you know, and like, why would he have overfed these fish? It was right. all these narratives that mm -hmm. are led. It's just, it's just daily, daily. It's like the opposite of what they do, you know, with Joe Biden. You know, they prop him up to make him, you know, seem, you know, competent. And they, you know, manipulated the message against President Trump so badly that if people didn't put in a little effort and see the whole clip or look at the context, they just didn't know. A absolutely. Mm -hmm. When he had said, I am putting a moratorium on people coming to our country from the Middle East he did that, and I can't tell you how many people came up to me over the course of that whole primary season into him being elected asking me, do you think I could ever go to America? Will he ever let me in? I said, that was a law passed by our Congress under Obama because we couldn't vet certain people properly from these six countries. That is, it. but did they explain it? Oh no, they just give their interpretation. And that's the other thing that makes my work uh, difficult with the DOD is that it is hard to get into their thinking process, mm -hmm. their mindset and, and how how they even structure things. I finally had to learn that I can't figure it out. I will never figure it out, but I understand the dynamics. They only look at things subjectively. They make their own interpretations. Everything is self-evident, meaning they reinforce themselves or are reinforced by the herd because they just repeat what everyone else is saying. Mm -hmm. They do not have a strategic reasoning ability. They look at life from the perspective of ideal or what's wrong and how it should be. I've always said to my clients, don't should on me. There <laughs> are good. no shoulds, you know? Because yep. the minute you say should, 
who said? Yep. Who issued that edict? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and the other part is that if you don't agree with them, then one you will be cut down all the way to you might have to be annihilated or exterminated. Wow. And that's how they deal with things. How did our cancel culture come about? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's true. Uh, I'm I'm finding it very amusing because there are a few people on Twitter because in 2016, August 3rd, 2016, the BBC called me very early in the morning and I made a comment that I didn't know if I was going to vote for Trump because his behavior actually seemed a bit unhinged to me and he had just succeeded. I had just been at the convention with him. He was not acting like the triumphant winner. And people try to throw that back on me. Then when he hired Kellyanne Conway and Steve Bannon, I did another interview and I said, in the meantime, because of my role at Republicans Overseas, I have a very close relationship with the RNC. And I called someone up to ask what was going on. And it turned out that after he succeeded, Reince Priebus was trying to talk him into dropping out. Really? Yes. Yes. Ah. And that's when it came about of let Trump be Trump. And once it was let Trump be Trump. That behavior was done with. It never resurfaced. But people only want to use that to discredit me. Oh, but the other thing I love is that apparently AI, asking AI a question, and also Ancestry.com has me born in 1949, and I'm related to Stephen Halper. And my brother is dead, but he was born in 1947 and died in 2007. Sorry, he wasn't even born till 1963. And, you know, it's like, okay, frankly, if those are the ways you're trying to discredit me, keep it coming. <laughs> exactly. Because it's so helping you got- me do my job <laughs> that much easier in dissecting your mindset and how you think and how you don't see reality. I've often said that if Republicans or conservatives and liberals were all at Disney World together, you would find us on Main Street in Adventureland and Tomorrowland. You would have to go to Fantasyland and Tomorrowland (laughs) to find the liberals. Uh, They would never even come on Main Street. They just went right by that one. I have a question for you. Um, You know, obviously, you've been sharing truth for a long time, and a lot of times media isn't willing to put that truth out. But it it seems like in that interview that you did uh, with GBN is that that there was a freedom that you felt to share information that maybe you've never shared before. What happened to make you feel like you could do that at that point? Two things. One, again, God. You know, I, I just felt in his hands. And two, Jack Smith's error. Mm -hmm. He made the error. Subpoena power was there. I had a valid reason to bring up the illegitimacy of the resident in the White House, to bring in 1871, to bring in about 
Space Force, the military, Edward Snowden, mm-hmm. and be able to tell them. And if you think that the military doesn't have this, I mean, what I probably will eventually be able to say in more detail, if you think Trump had not been aware of all of this even before he ran in 2016, then you have not paid attention Mm. to anything that the Democrats have done or tried to do to him and how it rolls off of him. Is there any other president that looks just as young today? No. Maybe better. Yep. Uh, Yes, because he lost some weight. Yep. He, yeah. he's like this looks fresh and, and like like uh like, I don't know. We, it's like we, water off a duck's back. The things that seem exactly. to happen to him truly it just doesn't stick. It just rolls right off. It's exactly. amazing. Well, and he is so good at baiting them. Yes. And they don't even realize it. <laughs> I, I was I was at the inauguration and the Sunday after I did a panel radio show. And the lovely Jennifer Rubin, the never Trumper from the Washington Post, Mm -hmm. was also on the panel. And I said, you know what? You guys, you don't under you don't listen to him. And what they said to me was they had no time because they had to get a story out. Mm. I said, the game is not who goes viral first. It's really who's going to give the information. But at that point, I realized they didn't care about it. They absolutely did not care. They don't even think about their audience. Mm -mm. Well, let's dive into these things one by one because, you know, I got got a list here and I, you know, I'm just going to keep sitting here trying to just squeeze juice out of your head like it's like I'm making lemonade until you just like (laughs) turn off your computer and run away. Um, All right. Uh, let, let's talk about Jack Smith a little bit. Cause you bring that up in that interview. What do people watching need to know about his misstep and what advantage is that for president Trump of, of, of with the subpoena power of what's happening there? Let's, let's go into that one specifically then maybe move on to, to Georgia. Okay. One thing to know about Jack Smith is that he is evil. Per- Look at the face. Evil personified. And you're waiting for the spit to come out of his mouth when you see this. And he has gone after to try to ruin people. Um, The governor of Maryland, I believe it was. I could have the state wrong. Um, And absolutely ruined his career. And yet the Supreme Court overruled everything about him. He is one of those people that makes things up. It's no different than Robert Mueller and having those five men put in prison for 30 odd years and he knew it wasn't, they weren't guilty. You know, when we have those kind of people in our judicial system and have that power, it makes it very, very frightening, which is why Donald Trump is always saying, I'm letting them, I I mean, I'm not, this is not verbatim, but I'm letting them go after me to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Abraham Lincoln said one time in a, a, to a newspaper columnist, he said, I would never have a man on my cabinet with a bad face. And they said, well, how could you 
how could you hold somebody accountable for that? And he goes, every man over the age of 40 is responsible for his face. Yeah. And, and I, there, you know, it's, it's, in a, it's in a book I by Dale Carnegie. That. It's Dale Carnegie yeah. talking about, um, uh, in a book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. But it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like the How to Win Friends, Influence People. But he's talking about mm-hmm. the, the point is like the, 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 the bitterness and vengefulness and things when you base your life on those kind of principles that are inside, eventually they, they inevitably manifest on yep. the, on the outside. And you see that with a lot of these deep state characters and, and you, and you juxtapose that against president Trump. We've been with, uh, we were just with, uh, Don Jr. And, and Kimberly in, uh, Vegas Go did in, in interviews with them. And we've had, uh, Eric Trump several times. We've done personal interviews with him at, at reawaken America events. And, those guys, they, they have a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, but carry a ton of joy, and they mm-hmm. they both laugh easily. Mm-hmm. They both love to laugh. When you're talking beforehand, they are joking around. It's sports. It's this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's they can give each other a hard time, and and there's a yep. lot of joy around yep. them, and and that comes from their father. They they credit him with that. No matter what's going on, he can be tough, but there's a joy and a lightness that you just don't see on the faces of these John Bolton characters and these you know uh, what you see on the left. No, you don't. Uh, now, John Bolton, I, I I know him rather well, and actually, a, a very good friend of mine has been his right arm for thirty years or more. Um, he's just a neocon, an unhappy neocon mm. who cannot accept that he's passed his sell-by date. Mm. That. How he thinks is not, it's how he thinks, but not in response to what he sees or hears. Where Donald Trump does things in response to what he sees and hears. Another way of saying it is that when he launched his campaign in 2016, he had his finger on the pulse. He was yes. saying things that we were thinking, yep. but weren't allowed to say or would mm-hmm. be condemned to say. Yes. And it, it, when I listen to a Chris Christie, you know, yeah. criticizing him. Just vengeful. Just I, vengeful. I, it is vengeful, but also what's going on in his heart? Mm-hmm. It can't be good. Mm-mm. In fact, It's not attractive. It, even you can see that though, like even you know the debates, like people just didn't like him. You know, I mean, people didn't like his responses. They they booed a lot when he was talking. I mean, they they feel that hate and anger coming off of him, and it, they just reject it. He doesn't connect in the way that that you know that President Trump does in the way that. Uh, you know, there's endless stories of cab drivers and construction workers and people like this that we would go to a building and break away from the manager of the building and go talk to the people that are putting in the heating air conditioning. You know, and he exactly. relates to I don't know how he does because it's odd. Not a lot of billionaires that showed up in a limo can relate to the guy pouring concrete. Still wearing a suit. And and, and it doesn't he doesn't mm-hmm. fake it like you see a lot of pre- like, oh, I'm talking to construction workers. I'll take off the jacket and lose the lose the tie. So yeah. I'll blend in with it. Mm-hmm. He still wears his suit. He doesn't mm-hmm. fake like Hillary Clinton. And oh, I I always have hot sauce in my purse, you know, based on who she's talking to. You know, these kind of just just right. Just, mm-hmm. just he's always him, but somehow he connects with the guy driving the bulldozer. Well, as his kids would say, he's a, basically a blue-collar billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and he's one that grew up with wealth, but doesn't take it for granted, mm-hmm. and it doesn't define him because 
he's with re- he's he's been with regular people. Yeah. Yes. Just mm-hmm. good old regular people. And he's a regular person. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel terrible for him in that he was a media darling for 35 years. You know, I lived in New York when, you know, he kind of he and Ivana came to be, mm-hmm. you know, and the social darlings. And then to suddenly one day come down an escalator and have the Huffington Post go, ha ha, we're going to put this in the entertainment section. Yep. And then to have these people turn on him was, I know that that is one thing that really stuck a knife mm-hmm. in him because he is really a good natured mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's, his values are loyalty, faithfulness, and to have that happen, that did not, it mm-hmm. still hasn't. It's why it's always fake news, fake news, fake news. They're never going to give me credit. They're never going to, say this, oh, all the fake news back there, huh? Do you think they'll cover this? Right. You know, are they going to show all the people? No. And and he has every right to be yeah. upset about yeah. it because so I, he's I, been betrayed. He has. So we we kind of derailed you a little bit. Let's go back to Jack Smith because we got sidetracked by his face. Oh. Uh, but let's talk about <laughs> sub- subpoena power and why um, – you know, there's a, there's a funny line in, in the movie Rocky, you know, where Rocky's kind of getting punched and beaten up, you know, and, and like his trainer, his brother-in-law would be like, hey, he's he's got he's, like he's losing. He's like, he's not losing. He's got him right where he wants him, you know, kind of thing. He's, he's wearing him out, you know. Uh, it's like it, look, it looks like a loss, but it's really, really a win. Talk about how how could a guy get indicted this many times, so many states, and, and actually do better? Yeah. And, and, and it looks like a, a loss, but it's really a win. And I guess the subpoena power is where that kind of becomes a judo move there. All right. Uh, one thing that we can always count on with the liberals trying to get him is that ultimately they always fail. And I have known Nancy Pelosi for 40 odd years, maybe more. And um, Nancy and I worked together to bring the 1984 Democrat National Convention to San Francisco. At that time, even in that liberal city, we Republicans and the Democrats worked so well together. And I used to consider Nancy and Dianne Feinstein as conservative Democrats, because they cared about national security, they cared about economic issues, and social issues were the really big thing. I worked on Nancy's first congressional campaign um, after Sarah Burton died, and she decided that she was going to run. I worked on Dianne Feinstein's mayoral recall campaign because she was such, she carried a gun then. Wow. She was such, oh. It's a different she, planet. Exactly. What happened? Exactly. Well, uh, honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. And um, I, I must admit, uh, Marsha Blackburn had invited me to one of the congressional and Senate dinners at the Library of Congress to hear a talk. And I I couldn't resist. 
there was a chair open next to Nancy, and I sat down there, and I started talking to her um, and telling her what I was doing, um, just because as she went to one extreme, I wanted her to realize yeah. we were we were not in sync. I hadn't really changed much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I voted for Richard Nixon. I mean, I've always voted federally Republican. Yes, I lived in San Francisco for 20-odd years. At that point, of course, we put in people who were going to support the community. That's why you move to a state, or that's why you live in a state. They are creating the lifestyle for you. And um, I, I asked her, I said, I never knew that you would go so far to the left. But at this point, the one thing I always say is I can count on her to fail. <laughs> Even while we were trying to bring the Democrat National Committee, the convention to San Francisco, she was like a little kid. She was so scared in her own boots. In fact, Cokie Roberts' mother was holding her hand and really guiding her through every bit of it. Wow. And that's the Nancy Pelosi that I know. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying, okay, try to impeach him. Great, you're going to fail. Keep on going for it. Mm -hmm. Keep on saying what you're saying. But when have you really succeeded? And, And one other thing... I know you asked me about Jack Straw and I've gone off on Nancy Pelosi, but one of the other things to understand about her rise, it was because she was a fabulous fundraiser. Mm. And at that point in politics, it was who could raise the most money. Mm -hmm. And that is really what elevated her. But she, she did nothing for women in the Democrat Party whatsoever. And there's no succession plan. Is there any other woman in Congress that has even been taken under her wing? No. And even when she gave that 60-minute interview and she just brushed off the um, the posse, the whatever they were called, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. Yeah. you know, she couldn't even be gracious about that. And so the more she aged, the more her true nature came out. But the failures, because now she wasn't the biggest fundraiser, and that wasn't necessarily the most powerful criteria to continue to moving up. Mm. So um, that, I think, is a tragic situation. Mm-hmm. But... They're part of why 30 years they're saying, oh, the wage inequity. Yeah, there's a wage inequity. And why haven't you done anything about it? But Congressman George Holding, former, um, once explained to me, they don't solve these things because then they have nothing to campaign on. Sure. And 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 that's it. But that OK, sense. back it's to like, it's like Republicans Straw. with pro-life. You know, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jack Straw is, Jack, Jack is another one. I think he was put in there 
because he's going to be reversed in every way. I mean, he's already suffered um, with Representative Perry wanting to get all 2,000 of his text messages and calls because he's close to Donald Trump. And the judge at the appellate level kicked it back. It's gone back to the district level. And so I really caution people to look at those things because it won't be a lot of signs, but it will be significant signs like the Georgia teacher that was fired because she read a book about a person being purple, meaning transgender, but she got fired. When has a teacher been fired on that side of things? Mm -mm. And then the art teacher in Illinois, I don't know why they didn't read his, whatever he is, he's like a he, she, um, that why didn't they read all his social media before they hired him? He had been posting, I'm manic depressive, yeah, I go up and down, I think of cruel things, and they got rid of him. So it's those little signs that we have to watch for, and that was why I was so excited about Jack Straw giving Donald Trump subpoena power, because no other indictment had done that at that point. Mm -hmm. But you had to charge him criminally for him to have his due process. And Jack Smith ultimately mentioned that he made a mistake. Most architects and engineers know nothing about the third worst structural failure in modern history. This does not happen by office fires. The collapse of World Trade Center 7 was primarily due to fire. Not one of them has ever collapsed, not even these after 9-11. What buildings have come down like this? Controlled demolition. We did not find any evidence that explosives were used. You heard explosions. Big explosion. Just seen a big flash. Like a boom. We have more information of bombs, like an explosion. Office fires don't melt steel. So what's going on here? Is there enough to warrant an investigation? Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me. Decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and, and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. If you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com.
Skyaver family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. So what are the things we need to be looking for in these cases? You know, specifically Georgia seems to be the big one that they're moving forward the most aggressively and seems to be the one with the most opportunity for things to actually get into a courtroom. Exactly. And uh, a story just broke about Fannie Willis and Kemp and quite a few other people uh, actually being that they should be charged RICO charges. Wow. That they, they have been part of, and, and maybe you can find this, this article on it um and i'll send it to you colton i've got i've got the article but the exciting thing about georgia for me is that trump his lawyers will have a platform to bring forth to the jury anything Mm. anything that they want the public to know so that's why i'm so excited about it because, because and, well, like the guy even and, said, I'm not to interrupt you, but he, you know, one of his big points there was, Hey, 60 and, and you cases. hear this, you know, like 60 cases have come and they've all been thrown. This is there's, there is nothing to see here. You know, like that gets, that gets thrown around a lot. And Always. I like the way you kind of sliced and diced that. Yeah. Only three, two, one, one lost. Uh, that was so good. 57 that just didn't have, I mean, that was like really, really well done. Well, thank you. I, I felt it's because people don't understand what mm-hmm. standing is. Mm-hmm. And and I know what standing is because when we were filing our lawsuit um, to protect the 9 million expats um, about a new tax law that was going through, we actually had to find uh, plaintiffs that would have standing mm-hmm. and, in mm-hmm. fact, that could show the damage that was happening. And we had, we had 10 plaintiffs that um, uh, were there and we had to go through the district level and the appellate level because our goal was to get to the Supreme Court. So mm-hmm. Supreme Court threw it out because they claimed we didn't have standing. So standing is oh. a very personal it's very thing very important. Me. Yes, for sure. So talk about... Especially... Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, especially when over six six thousand four hundred and fifteen expat Americans had to give up their citizenship. They had to renounce their citizenship. You're telling me that's not standing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because of this tax law that was impacting expats. Yeah. So I do. Yeah. Executive Order 13848. That went through September 12, 2018 by President September 12, 2018. So let's, let's dig into that just a little bit for people that are not familiar with that. Okay. Here's the important thing to understand. The District of Columbia is a in essence, a separate country unto themselves. Mm -hmm. They are considered to be on foreign soil. Therefore, anyone in Congress, in the agencies, whether they live or work in D.C., are considered to be working on foreign soil. Now, that is no different than the Vatican City is not part of Italy. It is in Italy or surrounded by uh, Italian uh, land, but Vatican City is separate. It all started back in 1066 with William the Conqueror, who then told the bankers in the city of London that they would be a separate entity. And in fact, if the king or the queen wants to go into the city of London because there is the Lord Mayor in charge of the city of London, they have to ask permission. Okay. And, it, and, and the banking control started way back then. When, uh, and, and William the Conqueror gave them a, a creed, a creed. Um, so, uh, sorry, um, my phone rang and that really threw me off because it never rings. <laughs> You're like, who's um, calling me? <laughs> I'm so glad you, you, you can edit this. Um, <laughs> yes, Cody. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Um, <laughs> goodness, okay? I'm really glad you can edit things. Um, uh, so it's, it started then, and it, the Romans had built a wall around this one-mile square, and it has always remained independent foreign soil. So it what happened with 1871 is that the French loaned the U.S. an enormous amount of money for to uh, really to get through our civil war. And so then the Brits came back into play, the bankers, mm-hmm. they came back into play and said, we'll get you out of debt with France, but what we need to do is create a corporation where the city of London is in charge of money around the world. Hmm. The U S would be the military component and the Vatican would be the bank. Hmm. And that is how the three came together. And they called it the the U S crown corporation. And while we had taxation with no representation, and then we succeeded in 
fighting that, we then got right back into it. And a huge portion of the taxes we pay for 151 years has really been going to the bankers, to the city of London. Yep, that's it. United States Crown Corporation. Wow. So when you were saying and, when when President Trump was was with Queen Elizabeth and they, you know, on that whole clip that we played earlier, he was actually saying something to her about that. Is that right through his actions? Uh no. He had already told her. Okay. And so okay. so my interpretation is that he needed to let us know back home that he told her. Okay. So they had worked it out for her to let him know when he could go. I mean, it's so obvious if you just look at this clip. Mm -hmm. This is not someone that took off ignoring the queen. No. He was given permission by the queen to go ahead and tell us that she knows bankruptcy, dissolution, um, it will be in the cards. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you've talked about, too, uh, in that interview, the Vatican and the Pope and his, him not looking mm-hmm. very happy. Can you talk about that oh. as well? What happened at that point? Well, you know, if if you look at the picture of the Pope and Angela Merkel when she's visiting, oh, he's just as happy as can be. Interesting. Have you ever seen Trump look happier? (laughs) Have you ever? It's it's the opposite. Ever. And have you ever seen the Pope look more upset? Talk about faces again. Is that not the epitome of evil that is is coming out? Yes. For those of you that are just listening on Apple or Spotify, these other that are audio audio only, you need to come and just check this picture out because it's it's like if you had – some some kids that are like four and five years old and one of them just took the other kid's ice cream, you know? And like, he's like, I got the ice cream. The other one's like, that was my ice cream. I'm so sad. It's like, I, I've never seen two different expressions in the same photo. Well, and it was the Pope that got the information before the queen. Wow. And okay. so the queen knew, it wasn't that she didn't know this was coming, but that trip, let's even back up his first stop was Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, see, mm-hmm. see, look how happy he doesn't look like the epitome of evil no. when he's with Angela Merkel. No, not at all. Big but difference. Huge. Yeah. Oh, huge. sad. So this is a 2018. He, 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 2018. He made a kind of a world tour. You know. Right. Uh, you know, and, and uh, made stops at critical places and disseminated critical information and uh, established a level of authority in certain relationships. Is that kind of accurate? That's very safe to say. Okay. Yes. It's safe to say. And uh, he stopped in Saudi Arabia. The fact that they gave him the sword is very significant because it's only the king who is supposed to have the sword. But human and child trafficking was really key and that really bothered trump think about when he left right after that that king wasn't king anymore and two 
hundred plus royals were suddenly arrested and the jail of the Ritz-Carlton in Riyadh. I mean, that's not such a bad jail cell, but they were all arrested. The king was no longer the king and had to pay six billion in fines because Trump delivered a treasure trove of human and child trafficking that these people had been part of. Wow. And that wow. was the first part. I believe when he left Saudi Arabia, he went to Israel because that's when he wanted to start the conversations for the Abraham Accords. Okay. And the, the capital he and also, all these things. Yeah. He had, he had, I think it was a NATO meeting uh, in between. He went to the Pope. He had to go to Brussels. And then it wasn't until 2019 that he really sat down with the Queen. But once again, we're talking about what are the signs? What are the little things that we need to pay attention to? And I frankly don't believe in saying things to give people hope. What I would prefer to say is that we need to all give up our expectations mm. and the script that is in our own minds of how we are expecting this to unfold. Look, we were all told that on January 20th, 2021, hey, we're going to be arrests and all mm -hmm. of it. And, you know, it's like, oh, great, justice is going to be served. Mm -hmm. Oh, it didn't happen. And therefore, then I, I'm guilty of this myself. I thought 2022, we were going to expose the fraud. So I realized, I sat myself down one day and I said, you know what? I, I can't go through this hopium anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't. Because what I'm doing to myself is taking taking the lifeblood out of me because then I get so depressed because I imagined it happening because so-and-so said this and so-and-so mm -hmm. said that. And instead, I started to pray from gratitude because gratitude is the highest spiritual form. It's much mm -hmm. different than thankfulness. It really is the ability to appreciate everything. And within that, I started thinking and I started telling people, why are we getting upset because some podcaster said this and it didn't happen? What we need to do is we need to feel gratitude for each and every person we listen to because they did some research. They use, they put their thinking cap on and they are using their heart and their motivation to share information with us in the best way that they can. And so if we can let go of that script Oh, believe me, I would just love to see the military round them up. I, I, you know, of course. I had such great script going on in my head. Yes. That I just had to say, in God's time, and 
I need to stop thinking about it, but I need to focus on everything I'm listening to. And I need to be grateful that those people have took their time to pass that information on to me. And it's uh, quite a few people. I've been pretty insistent with them about moving that way. And it's helped them get over their hopium. We don't need to set ourselves up to then come crashing down because life didn't happen the way we thought it was supposed to happen. That is exactly how the liberals think. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be in that case because we have a strategic reasoning ability that we use. We look at reality that they don't. And so focus yeah. on reality, mm -hmm. but not on how you expect it to be, because it will never be that way. Oh, that's a and God point. expects us to do the footwork. And if we don't do the footwork, then it's not, it's not going to happen. And it mm -hmm. will always happen in God's time. Now, also with human nature, things can be going along smoothly. And then something unanticipated puts a wrench in it. <laughs> or as some people say, Murphy's Law. You know, sure. Whatever mm -hmm. could possibly go wrong will go wrong. But that's part of life. And Trump is prepared for that. He... I, I, I think he's got one of the greatest strategic, intuitive minds I've ever seen because it is our intuition that pulls everything together and gives us that wisdom to be able to anticipate or to be alert to different things. So as we're piecing these things together, when you, when you look at this trip, now you're you're looking at it through the lens of somebody with, you know, uh, behavioral psychology. So you're seeing people's movements and, and, and how they interact with one another tiers of leadership. You taught leadership courses to the top business minds in the world for years at the highest levels. So you have that component of your mind. And then you also have the, the, the Stanford political psychology going on. So these are all political leadership tiers of things happening break this down for just the regular person that that says okay i see these and there's the sword ceremony in saudi arabia there's he went on to to russia and i remember there's a soccer ball with with putin yep. exactly the there, balls in your court yeah. yes yeah there it is the there on the screen yep. it, they're that they're meeting in helsinki is. in 2018 and remember how the media went crazy negative about that and Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. They thought it continued to reinforce the Russia, Russia, Russia. And then, of course, there's a story that there was a USB stick inside <laughs> the ball. There wasn't. Again, optics. Russia, Putin is saying the ball's in your court. It was one more leader falling in with Trump's plan because it is bigger than just for the United States. Mm -hmm. The evil doesn't only exist in the U.S. The evil and the corrupt politicians and the corrupt people behind those politicians uh, exist around the globe. Mm -hmm. And Trump is the leader of cleaning up the corrupt debris. 
Yeah. That's huge. Well, it's, it's like the way the kids behave in school, even if they don't like a certain teacher, but she kind of knows how to keep everybody in line. Like they yeah. just, they just, mm-hmm. they just, uh, you know, they're, they're not shooting spit wads in class. And they actually feel uh, more it, secure when the teacher is actually strict and stern than they do somebody that's like, oh, you can do whatever you or, want. Or some substitute teacher that yeah, doesn't have control like, oh, and they're like, oh, yeah. we don't have to listen yeah. today. It's chaos for everybody. Yep. And it seems like, like President Trump on a global scale sort of brought that 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 alpha leader, you know, mode. There's the one clip, I forget what meeting they're walking into and who the guy was, but they're all together. And he just kind of like comes in, like pushes the guy out of the way and like fixes his jacket, you know, like, like Trump just sort of like was the, he was like the, 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 the senior leader in every class around a bunch of sophomores. True. I, I think, I think it was maybe a G 20 meeting. Yes. And it was the, he's sitting down and he's got his arms crossed and you've got Angela Merkel with her hands on the table, leaning forward. And you've got a couple of the other leaders and you had Trudeau and I think Macron, supposedly the media said caught them making fun of Trump. But all you have to do is think that he's sitting there with his arms crossed and they're all trying to convince him of something. And he's obviously just letting them go. Yeah, yeah he's the and boss. Go, there it is. <laughs> I refuse. There it is. <laughs> I mean, and there's Bolton. <laughs> and, and here's the other interesting thing is the Japanese prime minister. Look at his facial expression mm-hmm. because he also has his arms crossed. And he's not in the least bit impressed with what the others are trying to say to Trump Mm -hmm. either. But I love that Angela, supposedly Hitler's granddaughter, uh, is trying to convince him of something and he's not going to have any of it because he knows. He knows, but he knows also because he had he had the military behind him before he came down that escalator. Mm. He was recruited. You know, I, I, I remember in the early days when people would say, I think God sent Trump. I think God sent Trump. Mm. And are you having a hard time sleeping at night? thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how. In 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? (laughs) Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a (laughs) handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. 
You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. We are driven by our intuition and our bodily responses. Even as simple as if we're at a cocktail party and we're holding a glass out in front of us, it's because we don't want someone to infringe upon our energy space or we're setting our boundaries. And sometimes you can walk into a room and you can feel someone's negative energy or when I was saying, look at Jack Straw's face, that meanness, we have a physical reaction to it. You know, it might do a flip in our stomach or we might make a terrible face back like, oh, that's so disgusting or whatever. Our intuition and our physical responses are like a car. Our strategic reasoning is like the driver. The driver gets in. The driver doesn't know which direction, has to make those decisions, has to check things out, has to turn the signals on or put it in gear or decide not to go and drive in the rain, whatever. And so when people say, I gave them hope, I counter that with all I did was say what you intuitively, which for me is logic scrambled up. That's all into, you're Mm. taking in everything. You don't exactly know how it's gotten sorted out. And frankly, it doesn't matter. So if I had to leave people with anything, it would be trust yourselves better. Mm. Because all I did was reconfirm what you suspected. Mm. And yes, great. I'm glad I could put that gold sticker on it, but don't discount your own sense of things, your own decision-making. And also don't discount that Satan tries to come in Mm. and screw it up. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And you have to, uh, again, when Satan comes in, you will have a physical response to it. And when you start doubting yourself, then ask yourself, am I doubting myself because I'm trying to find the holes in my thinking? Or am I doubting myself because this idea popped in my head? If it popped in your head, pop it out. (laughs) Pop it out. That is so good. Since you're already kind of talking a, a, a little bit about it, you know that our slogan here at Flyover Conservatives is wake up, speak up, and show up. What are some ways that you would recommend maybe the Flyover family that they could speak up and show up in their own family, in their own community to make a difference, you know, in this country? Because I believe that, you know, God's putting together this puzzle 
And we're all a piece of a puzzle. We were born for such a time as this, that yeah. it wasn't an accident that we we're born now instead of a thousand years ago or a hundred years from now. We are alive right now. And so what are some things that you would recommend that people could possibly do to bring their piece of the puzzle to this puzzle that God's putting together? Okay, I. this is another part of what I think has been Trump's plan and why he went fraud, 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 because it made people realize we were expecting the politicians to take care of us, mm -hmm. but we are a government of we the people. Whatever you can do to help make someone else's life better, to open their eyes, just start with that. Um, I don't have a lot of time on my hands between my DOD job and I still have private clients and uh, wow. I don't get to work out the way I used to. So that's, I've just kind of relinquished that. But a woman saw me walking my dog in the park and she's a single mom and I had given my number. I, I, two at a time in my life had been a single mother and she called me and asked that she had an opportunity to go out on a Saturday night. And could she have her two boys spend the night in my house? Oh, wow. And, and I said, sure. So then I found out that these two boys had never really been out of our neighborhood. So for Halloween, I took them to Covent Garden to the Transport Museum. They, they hadn't even been 25 minutes on a bus to central London. Wow. Now, their skin color was as midnight as midnight could be. And mine wasn't as midnight as midnight <laughs> could be. And people were looking at us. And so then I just started putting my arms around them. And we started having so much fun. And lo and behold, the best that I can do is they come over and they spend the night. I take them to the West End because one of my neighbors was in Mary Poppins. And oh. so then they got, they got to, I mean, for me to expose them to the world, yep. um, the little one is already a fantastic artist and he had never been to an art museum. So that, that is what wow. I can do on a very regular basis. And it can be as simple as that, but I'm telling you, I love these kids and they've opened my eyes to things in particular of how many people aren't exposed to the world in general. And so speaking the truth, doing good deeds, getting involved in your local communities. As General Flynn says, it's local, local, local. Mm -hmm. The RNC did not want to allow for precinct captain training for all of the different 
state and county and local groups. So one person decided to develop the course and then he started encouraging people to go to the regional meetings or the, the local county meetings and to volunteer to be a precinct captain. And that changed wow. their lives. Yes. When you have someone going to the school board sure. meetings, it, you well think about it this way. I never thought I was going to make a difference being picked up at six in the morning, having not slept and doing my usual, because I know how Stephen can be negative and so I was all prepared for it. I didn't know all that was going to happen. And so if you don't put it out, then you don't get anything back. But you have to put it out there. And Amen. that's the best that's so good. you can do. Yes. And we all, we all oh, have so something good. to give. It's, it's, it's free to walk through a checkout line and to be nicer to the person than they are to you and to leave them a little right. more encouraged. Yep. And just, you know, I mean, I'm not saying being sappy, just like smile. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you helping me. Mm-hmm. Just be nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes. even you starting that and- conversation with the lady in the park or having that conversation with the lady in the park where some people would just walk by and never say anything, you developed a relationship where now is making a difference in her life and her children's yes. lives. I mean, it's incredible. All I did was give her my phone number. And again, she just called me and asked, would I let them? Because she had this opportunity. I said, send them over. Wow. I said, I'll keep them all day Sunday as well. We'll go do something. Fine. Go out. Have a good time. I understand. You need a moment of freedom. Mm-hmm. Go for it. What made her ask me? I don't know, but I'm glad she did. It's yes. changed my life. It's changed. And while um, my dog had uh, fathered uh, five puppies and, <laughs> um, and two of them for two weeks ended up with me and she ended up taking in two of her sister's kids. Oh, wow. And, and, as I said, uh, the rooftop of our building, which is more than a long, long, long city block, um, I said, bring them over. Let them play with the puppies. Let them play with the dogs. The weather's nice, and no one uses our roof. So come on over. So we had five days of really incredible weather. And every day they were all over here, all having a good time. And she didn't have to take them to the park. Wow. And she didn't have to haul them in. She didn't have to worry about things, you know. And that actually brought a lot of pleasure to me. And it then transferred to some of my neighbors because they were bringing their little kids up because the weather was so nice. And everyone left very, very happy and making new friends and having a sense of freedom and safety. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about that. Yeah. Even as I'm telling you this, yeah. it warmed my heart that they kept coming over. And that was, I always say, the best you can do. What is the, not the right, not the wrong, but the best thing that I could do at that moment was also because she now inherited her sister's kids. Yeah. 
give her a break and give her the space to sit with me and have a glass of wine while the kids could run free and no one needed to look after them at all. That's incredible. Because the space was safe. So that's what I say. This fraud happened to give us a good kick in the bottom Mm -hmm. to make us realize that no, we cannot depend on our politicians to make our life okay. We make life okay. We make life and we have to make our voice heard. Yep. Yeah. Will Will Rogers said uh, uh, politics is way too important to leave up to the politicians. Yeah. True. <laughs> Absolutely. It's up it's up to all of us. At the end of the day, we're the ones that are gonna gonna, you know, bear the brunt right. of a lot of those decisions. And so uh I think that that is important that we get active at the at the, the lowest rung of the ladder, you know, get engaged. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Absolutely. You know, you also asked what other signs? Uh Senator Ron Johnson has really been cut become a champion yeah. mm-hmm. um, at exposing things. But when Donald Trump was first elected, he gave an interview about, because he's been a very successful business person. He said, well, when you come to D.C., politics is very different, and you have to learn the rules of the game and how to play it. And if anyone's gone through a transformation, Ron Johnson. Mm-hmm. And so, again... That's a good Pick point. certain people to follow what they're doing. Again, don't make assumptions. Don't make all sorts of interpretations. Now, I listened to one podcast of some people in Australia, and their interpretation of me and what I said, and, and it was like, no, just listen to what I said. Don't impugn, don't interpret, don't assume. Mm-hmm. We tend to do that, but that's why I say we hold back from expectations. If we look at what the signs are, God's always sending messengers to us. Yep. We don't have to have all the answers at every moment, but we can store it away because it will eventually come together. Ah, that is so good. Again, Flyover Family, follow Dr. Jan by going to drjan.substack.com. Yes. We've run out of time, but this article is absolutely amazing that you wrote and you put on your Substack in August, but why Donald Trump has the perfect presidential temperament. Y'all have to read this. It's great information. Um, also, follow Dr. Jan on True Social at Real Dr. Jan and Twitter at biz underscore shrink. So two uh, two more places to be able to follow her. Um, Dr. Jan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything that you're doing to help this get, to get this information out, but also having such a strong foundation in who you are. For speaking up and showing up yeah. everywhere that God has put you, you know, and, and, and growing where, you, where you're planted. It's and your amazing. faith is contagious. So thank you so much for your time. Oh. We really appreciate it. Uh, This was just really a a blessing for me to be with you. You know, your energy is so pure. And I just love how you think and what you do and how you're reaching people. So thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Jan. We'll see you next time.
All right, let's get our stuff together here. Hi, I'm David White. <laughs> if we can skip the high money part, because that's where I got attended to derail. Hi. <laughs> but I did good. See, look. First thing it says. Say your name. <laughs> Say your name, David White. If you've been wondering what to do with the spare time you have on Saturday mornings, have I got a way for you to fill that time? Not cleaning your garage, folding your laundry, or doing something with yourself. Filling your head with worthless information about what may or may not have happened 5,000 years ago. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or about chemtrails in the sky? Or have you ever had a friend at, at school talk to you about friend at school? <laughs> Some days when you're sitting there with your lunch pail and you're talking to your friends at school, they, they bring up your flat earth and you think it's a flat earth. I don't know if your flat earth is flat or not. I don't know. Alligators are angry because they got all those teeth and no toothbrush. And it's all true. And we talk about it every Saturday. <laughs> we talk about Rubik's Cubes and stuff. <laughs> we like to have conversations with people that have made documentaries, written books. Oh, this is terrible. I can like feel myself hating watching this later. Okay, give me a swoosh. Let's do this thing for real this time. Bye, got a show for you. <laughs> my, my, hang on, my, my eyes red now. You won't be able to tell in there. Peter can fix it. He can run it through a filter. Can he run it through the Brad Pitt filter and get rid of the, my red eye? Oh, I'm probably doing the world a disservice. Most architects and engineers know nothing about the third worst structural failure in modern history. This does not happen by office fires. The collapse of World Trade Center 7 was primarily due to fire. Not one of them has ever collapsed, not even these after 9-11. What buildings have come down like this? Controlled demolition. We did not find any evidence that explosives were used. You heard explosions. Big explosion. Just seen a big flash. Like a boom. We have more information of bombs, like an explosion. Office fires don't melt steel. So what's going on here? Is there enough to warrant an investigation? <laughs>